0: Turn in your Bibles over to 1 Corinthians chapter 6. Uh, Let's see. Clicker, clicker. Here we go. go, Oh, man. This is great. I know you guys are thinking right now, you're like, Keith, man, how do we get a tan like that? Okay, I'm just saying, you just don't get this normally, okay? I'm like, yeah, so (laughs) we can talk afterwards. Uh this was you know, I got sunburned in like three seconds. I came out of a shadow. Got sunburned and had to go back in, okay? Uh but anyway, that's 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 me problems, okay? Just felt I need to share that. <laughs> Are you laughing at me? Oh man, okay. Just making sure here. Goodness gracious. Uh man, great singing. Uh Steve, thanks for sharing that. You know, it was me and Royce were talking and you know, I can't even imagine what that's going to be like, you know, you just, it, it, there, there's no way, there's no words, there's no pictures, but man, thank you, you started reading that, and it's just like, wow, man, there's so much more than us, right, and it's so huge, and so, man, I love it, thank you so much for that, um, yeah, so we're in 1 Corinthians 6, you know, and so here's the thing, right off the top uh, of your Bible, right on the top of 1 Corinthians 6, it probably says something about lawsuits, And if you happen to come to church today and you're planning on, like, filing a lawsuit, I'm sorry this wasn't planned, okay? This is the worst Sunday you could have come to, probably, (laughs) okay? Uh, But we're going to get into this a little bit more here. Uh, But let's just walk ourselves through. This is what's really important of going through this entire book of 1 Corinthians here, okay? Um, And when we're talking about being renewed, right, that's our word for the year is renew, and when we're talking about renewal, and we're looking at a specific church, we're looking at Corinth, okay. And um, we see here that um, God's plan for renewal, okay. And and I think all of us, every single day, would say, "Man, I just want to be renewed. I want my joy renewed. I want my focus renewed. I want my." It is so easy for the world to just take away what we're focusing on and what we're thinking about. But in order for God's plan of renewal. It requires a community of called out people. Okay, that's really important because what we oftentimes hear when we read the Bible is an individual type of calling. Right. We think of, well, this is just he's talking about me right now, right here. And that's true. But he's talking about his people. And I put this up there specifically, this called out, because that's what the word church actually means okay we hear it and a lot of things come into our minds like preconceived ideas of what church is is it a building is it a place you meet is it sundays whatever it is and we see the way god intended this daily renewal is that i'm going to have a called out people i'm going to have people called out marked by the distinctiveness of the holy spirit all right and so that's so important because here's the deal We don't just automatically um, start, like, following and getting in the flow of the Holy Spirit just because we come in here and open our Bibles, all right? But this is God's plan, and so it begins, hopefully, the process of personal examination, but also examination as a community, all right? That's what's really valuable here. So, as we've read so far in 1 Corinthians, uh, we have right here uh, in verse 10... Uh, He says, Now I urge you, brothers, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that all of you agree in what you say, that there's no divisions among you, and that you're united with the same understanding and the same conviction. Okay, so Paul has been talking about this from the beginning of what the community should look like. Like, what does God have in store? And, And again, it's very easy to kind of like forget about the power and the importance of the local church. Okay, and just, we kind of just have this general view and he's saying, no, actually in this community, and it's important that everyone sees in this community that you have the same understanding and the same conviction, right? And he goes on later in chapter one, he said, God has chosen what's insignificant and despised in the world, what's viewed as nothing to bring to nothing, what is viewed as something. Like, this is a very specific, like, role of the church, okay? So if you want to break that down a little bit, he's talking about us, the first line. God has chosen what is insignificant and despised in the world, what's viewed as nothing, all right? This, this is crazy what God does. He doesn't go and get the all-star team and say, okay, you guys are going to go and make it happen. He's like, no, I'm going to get the B team and the C team and the D team. And those are the people that are going to come together. And you know what's going to end up happening is the world is going to see what everybody views as nothing or what everybody views as something is really nothing. All right. That that is really an intense role of the church that the community, the world around us should go. You know what? There's things we worry about that don't matter. Like, look at this community. This stuff we worry about in the world doesn't matter, okay? So no one can boast in His presence. He goes on, chapter 2. He says, we have not received the spirit of the world, but the spirit who comes from God, so that we can understand what is freely given to us by God, all right? So that's that whole section right here where he's saying, man, when you have the Holy Spirit, you have the mind of Christ, okay? And he's saying, in, this is the point of this community coming together, this community group of people, not just amongst the world, but called out of the world. And he said, I've given you my spirit so you can understand what's been freely given. And why why is that important? Because if this message has to be passed along, then it should be understood first, right? And then in chapter 3, he says this, I gave you milk to drink, not solid food, because you weren't ready for it yet, okay? And again, hopefully we're putting ourselves firstly in the place of the Corinthians who are hearing this letter. Like, what did they hear first, okay? And so every chapter, Paul is kind of building this idea of what what they've been called out of and why the church isn't like the world and then Paul says, but hold on a minute here. I, I gave you milk because you weren't quite ready yet. And he goes, the reason why is because you're still, and there's your favorite word, fleshly. Okay, you're going, what does that mean? It's worldly. You're, the principles of the world. Is he's saying, you still live in the principles of the world. You still worry about the things the world worries about. You still like, go about life in the same way. He says, and how he knows that is there's envy and strife among you. Okay. And then he says, aren't you actually just living like unbelievers? (laughs) All right. Now understand something. He's saying this to the church. All right. I mean, this is heavy right here. And he's going, he's not telling them they aren't believers. He's not telling them they aren't disciples right here, but he's saying, you know what? And, And here's what I hope we hear is that sometimes we can kind of have a positive guilt by association meaning like i call myself christian so therefore i can never get to this place we're going no no the, our brothers and sisters got to this place yeah. where where what paul had to come and say you're acting more like the world and more like unbelievers and that's the opposite of what god wanted his church his assembly His called out people to be all right he wanted it to be differently different okay and so We're all the way up here. We talked, remember, in chapter four. We're not going to go through each of the chapters, but he brings us here to this point in 1 Corinthians chapter six. And he starts talking about some specifics, okay? Now, again, we're going to talk about a lawsuit here and we're going to dig in, but I think there's a lot of applications for us in our life here. So let's go ahead and read this. 1 Corinthians chapter six. Let me go ahead and get there myself. 1 Corinthians chapter six. Verse one. All right. If any of you has a legal dispute against another, do you dare go to court before the unrighteous and not before the saints? Or don't you know that the saints will judge the world? And if the world is judged by you, are you unworthy to judge the smallest cases? Don't you know that we will judge angels, not to mention ordinary matters? So if you have Cases pertaining to this life, do you select those who have no standing in the church to judge? I say this to your shame. Can it be that there is not one wise person among you who is able to arbitrate between his brothers? Instead, believer goes to court against believer and that before unbelievers. Therefore, to have legal disputes against one another is already a moral failure for you. Why not rather put up with injustice? Why not rather be cheated? Instead, you act unjustly and cheat, and you do this to believers. Don't you know that the unrighteous will not inherit God's kingdom? Don't be deceived. No sexually immoral people, idolaters, adulterers, anyone practicing homosexuality, no thieves, greedy greedy people, drunkards, verbally abusive people, or swindlers will inherit the kingdom of God. And some of you used to be like this, but you were washed. You were sanctified. You were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of our God. So. There may be a part there that you really are like, you're hearing, you know, when I first started studying this out, I'm like, we're going to judge angels. It's easy to get caught up in kind of, there's a section there that we're not going to spend a whole lot of time in. Like, what does he mean? We're going to judge the world and we're going to judge angels and we're going to judge all these things. And, and, And we'll get to that in a second. But what I want us to do is to just go on up here and get an idea of what's happening in the Corinthian church. What's going on? And what it's going to require us to do is just go a few verses up. I know you're going, but Keith, we already did chapter five. We can't go back, okay? But you got to go up, okay? Because uh, we're going here, and he's saying, "Man, you go to court, right? You're taking brothers and sisters to court, right? And you're suing them." And what's really fascinating is, is Paul has been using this same word regularly, okay? So, so to their ear, they're hearing. The same word that they just heard up above here, okay? So, uh, verse 12 of chapter 5, when he said, What business is it of mine to judge outsiders? Don't you judge those who are inside? God judges the outsiders. Put away the evil person from among yourselves. So he's already in this vein, right, where he's using this word that they're hearing, and he's saying, man, doesn't God, like, stop worrying about what everyone's doing outside but we should be passing a judgment like we should be making judgments among us in how we're living. No. Right. And what we're like saying is what I'm saying. The same thing as what I'm doing. Like he said, that actually should be happening. And that's not like this, The most positive message that we like to hear, because our message oftentimes is don't judge me. All right. Except. Again, we're getting a little bit of a different picture of the church. He's saying, no, actually, we should make judgments of those who say they're Christians. Like, but, you know, not this judgmentalism, but making judgments based on what we've been called to live. Okay, So he's already been talking about this. And then he says, and, and, and on top of it, you guys are taking each other to court to sue one another. And he actually uses the same word. You actually are going outside the church to judge others. And you're going to people who you're allowing people to judge you and to judge this that have no standing in the church whatsoever. Okay, so stop for one second. Can you see how that's really twisted? Can you see where like the church has abandoned this idea of we're going to take care of one another? And in fact, they've abandoned it to the point where it's like when we have conflict, we go to the world to get help. Okay, so we get an idea here of like what's going on. All right. Um, And here's the here's the interesting thing is God does have expectations for his church. All right. That's important as we read this. All right. Church, church, community, ecclesia, you know, the assembly, the called out. It's not just this idea of, oh, man, I joined a club and now I'm just going along with it. It's this idea of God's going, no, I have expectations for my church. And we've read a number of those. You have expectations of what the world sees and expectations. In chapter 4, we talked about being good stewards of His kingdom, taking care of His kingdom. God does have these expectations, and He does expect the community to make righteous judgments amongst each other. All right, so, so here's the deal. We really need to, like, stop right there. This, this may be the most wildly crazy thing you can possibly imagine hearing is you mean the community of faith? You mean the community of believers that they're actually supposed to be involved in even more than just like coming together and praying together? Yeah. They're, they're supposed to be involved in more than just great fellowship? Like I would really bring a legal dispute? Now under, let, me, let me just be clear about this legal dispute because in our minds oftentimes it's super easy to take this to a place and you're like, so if like somebody like you know, steals money from my kid or, or beats up my child or, or does some kind of like horrendous crime or something. He's, he's not talking about that. He's talking in this case about property. He's talking about money. He's talking about business dealings here. And so to me, this is a higher calling for the church because he's going, we should be involved in one another's lives beyond what we see here. And so that's what we have to ask ourselves. Is that happening? Like, do people know what's going on in my professional life? Do people know what's going on, right? Is, is, this, is, is, is this able to be had amongst us? Has that happened? Or has it been like, you know, when there's conflict, we're going outside somewhere else? Okay. Because the interesting thing is, is he says up here, um, in, in some versions, he said, you know, when you have a dispute, there's oftentimes this idea of there's going to be conflict, there's going to be disputes, there's going to be things that happen. All right. And for us to continually remember, OK, uh, what we're not meant to do is go outside of the church for that. Like, that's why we have these relationships here. OK, but here's the deal. This may hinder me and you. OK, is my view of the church high enough is my view of his church high enough all right because here's what's been happening over time churches slowly become just like watered down watered down watered down you know and then what ends up happening is there's more kind of offense over people being involved in your life and there's more kind of like walls put up between brothers and sisters and there's all of these things and we got to think to ourselves hold on a minute is that what God intended for the church to be is that what he intended it to be? Because oftentimes what we're seeing, and we even see it, uh, see it here uh, in, in verse 2 of chapter 6, and as he goes on down, don't you know that the saints will judge the world? All right, now, now what's interesting is, is you're going, hold on a minute, the saints? Who, who's he talking about there? Do we have this kind of high view that we're going, oh man, that my brothers and sisters are saints? See, see, we look at one another differently when it's like that. We're going, man, a saint? Okay. Or is the view lower? Like, I'm just barely liking my people. Okay. That's not what the standard is. Right. The, the standard isn't like, can I go somewhere and just not be angry? Can I go somewhere and just not be offended? Can I go? No, no, no. He's like, do we view our brothers and sisters as saints? Okay. And here's the deal. And this is, this is, I'm going to show you a few verses on this. Biblically speaking, a disciple and a saint are the same exact thing. Okay. You don't have to do something special. You don't have to have some miraculous like outpouring and go, man, you know what? Man, Sarah is really a saint because she puts up a ban. Okay. That's extra. There's like an extra reward for that, but it's not, she's already a saint. Okay. But here's the deal is do we view one another as that this is the word this is that greek word right what does that mean because you don't read greek is someone who's sacred or holy all right you see you see that i mean this all of a sudden changes how we view every single person and and again he, hear what i'm saying okay is you're going to but what about everybody else understand i'm not talking to everyone else <laughs> okay Like we can create this into this big kind of like philosophical, like I could get up here and like go on and on about how bad everyone else is. And And I'm saying, you want to know what I know we can do is what we can do in here. Okay, so I don't know what they're doing down the hall. I don't know what they're doing down the street. I don't know. And quite frankly, I'm not caring too much about that. Because here's the reason is me and you are called to this right now. I know that. I don't know what's going on anywhere else, okay? But do we view one another? This is the standard. Remember last week we talked about a standard? This is the standard, all right? These are all the verses. You're going, Keith, I don't know if a disciple and a saint are the same thing. You can take a picture of that if you want. You can write all that down. That's just a small handful of verses that discuss the, the, the sameness of, being, of a disciple and a saint. You may be sitting there going, I didn't know I was a saint. <laughs> OK, I saw Brent. I saw that look in his eyes. It's like, eh. you know, we were thinking it, too. But he is. OK, I'm telling you. But 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 for real, it's so it's not just how we view one another, but how we view ourselves. And you want to know what the thing about it is? is oftentimes if the view of ourselves if we don't even believe what God says about us, how are we going to follow him? Okay, how are you going to like achieve and attain what he's called us to, right? And so this is all those verses you can look at them. Uh, so here's you know, and this is First Peter chapter two. You know, I've turned there. You can read this, um, but this is this is what God thinks of His people. You're a chosen race, a royal priesthood. All right. Here's the deal. Isn't that crazy? There's oftentimes like I don't get chosen for anything. I'm always the last guy chosen in sports. I'm always, you know, whatever, you know. He says, you're a chosen race. There's like this, there's like this intimacy of God not just going, man, you know, I hope, I hope just, well, I get what I get. Right? But this idea of this intimacy and this idea of God going, I want you. And I want you. You're a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his possession. Why? so that you may proclaim the praises of the one who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Okay, so he's saying, here's why he calls us this, so we can go out and we're just like, wow, man, but believe me, on my own, I can't be a saint. I can't be a royal priesthood. No one would ever think of that. But you want to know what? We can go out because of this and proclaim the praises of him. And so again, you start seeing, man, there's a purpose behind what God is doing in his church. But this is hopefully also calling us to a higher level of how we view one another and how we view ourselves. Okay, because you're going, well, what does this have to do with lawsuits? It has everything to do with lawsuits. (laughs) Okay, and here's why, is when you get to a place like where they were, and they're going, okay, hey, um, you took money from me. You didn't pay me my... What, what you said you were going to pay me. There was like some business deal and they're fighting and they're going, here's what they've forgotten. Dude, we're saints. I mean, come on, man. Is this how holy people act? Is this the way God wanted his church to be? All right. You see, so there's like that outward thing that we see in this section, lawsuit. But then there's the roots underneath it of going, hold on a minute. And even Paul writing, he's like, there's something bigger for you. You're going to judge angels, and you're going to judge the world, and you're going to do all these things. And, and I would just caution you to pump the brakes a little bit, okay? I don't know what that'll mean, okay? It means something, and in my mind, when I just read this plainly, God has something bigger in store, okay? That's what he's saying. He's like, hold up a minute. There's something bigger going on than you understand, There's something way bigger than the little petty disagreement that you're having in your business or you're having with your possessions or you're having with your money. There's something so much greater, all right? And so that's the cool thing about God. He keeps like opening up our view of things. It's like what Steve did this morning, right? Is this keeps opening up our view from like, oh, it's super small. You know, this guy stole money from me in my business and I'm just going to fight him. And God's going, hold on, take a step back and look. Okay, there's something greater going on here, okay? here's something just, this is just a freebie I want to always throw in there. Agreement is different than conviction. All right, so when we talk about these things and when we look at these things, I think almost all of us will go, I agree with that. That's good stuff. Man, the church, the community should be distinctive. The community should be that way. I love that idea. I love that it's distinct. I love the idea that we're being called to something that heads off conflict in the world right i love that okay but don't mistake agreement for conviction all right conviction is like no man we are standing by this i'm part of the i'm part of this and it's and, and i've got to contribute to this as well He says here, he says, you know, hey, man, if if the the world is judged by you, are you unworthy to judge the smallest cases? Again, he's saying here, you guys don't understand how big the thing you're a part of is big. And and you're playing with Legos down here, man. Like, Like you're just like, like we can do that, though. We're like little children. And he's going, hold up a minute. Open your eyes. God's plan is greater. He asked this question, Okay. And this may be a question that haunts all of us, right? Could you imagine, like, if we were to take just like, uh, let's say, Carl, okay? I'm going to use Carl because I had not been able to in a while, but I'm going to use Carl. And let's say Carl, like, um, you know, he wanted Jessica to tutor Lyra and agreed that, you know, Jessica, I'll pay you $500 a month to do that. Okay, cool. That's good money, right? I don't know what, the, yeah, it's good money, you go, oh yeah, oh yeah, okay, and then it all comes down, and, and he's like, you know, we never really put it in writing, Jessica, and, you know, I'm glad you spent all this time with Lyra, but, you know, sorry about that, and love you, sister, and, you know, and you're going, what, you got to be kidding me, okay, and then you have somebody come up to you and go, why not just be cheated, okay, it, it, Jessica's going to go, no, man, we're going, I'm getting that money, Carl, I'm getting that money, man. Okay? We are, I don't care where we have to go, I'm getting that money, okay? And could you imagine a brother or sister coming up? Why not just be cheated? Why, why would you take that out there? Why would you do that? That almost sounds crazy. Okay? This is like a four-letter word cult, man, okay? You're going, what? <laughs> C-U-L-T? Oh my goodness, you can't do this in church. No, no, no. This is supposed to be the case. Is to go, hold on a minute, y'all have conflict? Now, here's the deal, you're going, but does so Carl gets away with it? You're like, I love that church, you know. No, 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 understand something. He's already talked about how the church deals with these things. Last chapter, he says, is somebody a thief among you? Somebody greedy among you? Somebody idolater among you? Man, don't, listen, bring them in, talk to them, and don't eat with them. All right. So what we're not talking about is like this enabling and all of these kind of things. But it's this idea of are we going to like live in a community that God says, this is how my community shall be. All right. And, and I understand, man, you're going, gosh, I don't know. I don't know if I feel comfortable with this. Here's what may be helpful. All right. Every single one of us, this is why we all need each other. To be surrendering to Jesus. This is why, right here, okay? That's what the Corinthians were missing out on. He was like, Y'all aren't ready for food yet because you're selfish and you're full of envy and you're full of strife. And that you looked around, you're like, I can't even trust people. Why would I go to them with a dispute? This is why every single person, it's so important that we are like absolutely surrendering every part of our lives to Jesus every day. All right. This is how we do this. Wouldn't you rather be cheated? But here's the interesting thing. Jesus modeled this, right? I mean, as painful as it would be for Jessica or any of us, as painful as it would be to feel cheated, as painful as it would be to feel like somebody got one over on me. Didn't Jesus model this very thing for us? Okay. so I want you to think about this is what does Jesus call? I mean, what do we call his followers, disciples or Christians? Okay. Don't forget that those words actually mean we're following him. <laughs> okay? It's very easy to forget that. No, 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 disciple, Christian, no, no. We're following a guy, a guy that modeled this, that he said he didn't commit any sin. He never told a lie. No deceit was found in his mouth. When he was reviled, he didn't, re- he didn't come back. When he was suffering, he didn't threaten, but he entrusted himself to the one who judges justly. All right. See, that's the heart right there. As brothers and sisters, will we entrust ourselves to the one who judges justly? Amen. And, 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 and at certain times during like conflict resolution, sometimes it doesn't always feel like that's going to be the case. But God, hold on a minute. Before I say something, before I do something, let me be very clear, because here's the deal is, is the point of all of these things in Corinth was, If the world can't tell you're called out, how will you help them, right? If it's not distinctly different in here, why would they change? They would just keep doing what they're doing, right? Jesus modeled this. This is something that's really simple. It's easy to gladly accept this gift, right? This gift which was brought on us through injustice. It's really easy to go, I love that gift, and at the same time refuse to model it. All right. Isn't it though? Man, I love it. Like we say that, man, wow, Jesus dying on a cross. And we go through and we, we talk about how he was mistreated and all these things. Going, Oh, man. And then we forget, hold on a minute. Oh, 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 he's calling us to that. He's calling us to that. Paul said in chapter before this, almost the same thing. When we are reviled, we bless. When we're persecuted, we endure it. When we're slandered, we respond graciously. Over in Colossians chapter 4, this is what Paul writes, okay? He says, act wisely towards outsiders. Right? That's not like some conspiracy theory, okay? That's like, man, watch out because you're going to get spied on or something like that. He said, no, act wisely towards outsiders so they see something distinctly different in the church than they experience in the world. Like, act wisely. So it's this idea of going, man, I'm suing you. I'm tired of this. I'm taking you to arbitration. I'm taking you somewhere out into the world to deal with this conflict. Paul would say, be wise. Be wise. Because that very person that you're sitting in front of may be going, this ain't even real. Like, they're asking me to do this. But they say they follow the king of all. They say they have the Holy Spirit. Be wise, okay? He says be wise. Make the most of your time. Your speech, what we say should be gracious, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how you should answer each person. All right? So we're going all the way down. We're digging down. We're going, I don't know. I don't know if there's a legal case here. I don't think there is right now. But here's the deal is this comes way before legalities is this idea of going, man, am I going to be thoughtful about what I'm saying? Right? How am I going to view my brothers and sisters? How do I view myself? Am I following Jesus? And here's a principle. The world will see the righteousness of God by observing the relationships in his church. Right? That's heavy right there. This is what the world is waiting to see. Okay, Is the righteousness of God displayed in the relationships of his people okay and he tells us right down here and we go on down uh why not actually not why not rather be cheated instead you act unjustly and cheat and you do this to believers don't you know that unrighteousness will not inherit god's kingdom and then he goes down virtually the same list he just mentioned a couple paragraphs earlier all right? He goes on down and talks about idolaters and sexually immoral and verbally abusive and all these. And he says, And some of you used to be this way. All right? I think we all could probably go, I used to be that way. All right? This isn't foreign to us, right? I mean, this isn't one of those things, but wow. How great would it be if Paul's going, Listen, y'all got a long ways to go. And you used to be this way, but you were washed, you were sanctified. You were justified, okay? Again, it's this idea of, oh, man, let me recalibrate my thinking. Like, who are we supposed to be? Who are we supposed to be? That the world is watching the church. When when we're at work or when we're playing around or wherever, the world is watching to see. Like what will happen? Okay, and what's crazy is is that the news coming out of like cultural Christianity is not really good, right? There's there's bickering and there's fighting and there's all these things. This is one of the things that makes me most sad about the state of social media in the church. The whole world is seeing it, yeah. and, and I know we think we're just passing information, and the exponential algorithm that everything is going out to, of just kind of being informed or having conversation. And there's this, there's this like phantom ideal that we think can happen on social media, that we can actually have a dialogue that's sensible. It doesn't exist. All right. If it needs to be sensible, it can be on the phone, face to face. If it needs to be sensible, it can be that way. But this is what makes me sad because through social media, the church has been marketed to the world as bickering and fighting and not agreeing and the opposite of all this right and so again what will me and you do again i don't know i can't control like all the other people out there but when i look at this would paul go hold on a minute i came and checked this social media thing out y'all are acting like unbelievers yeah Y'all got your junk with people right there like why don't you call a brother in and get that junk dealt with Instead of spreading it all over, right? This is a big deal we've got to think about, okay? Because, again, when we press send, we think, oh, it's just going to this group. No, 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 no. Don't kid yourself, okay? It's going everywhere, and it's being shared over and over again. And it's this idea of, hey, you want to remember what we used to be? Remember what we used to be? he says this, I give you a new command. We, we know this. John 13, 34. I hope this is like written on our hearts. Okay. How will the righteousness of God be seen through the relationships of one another? Why? As I've loved you, so you must love others. This is how the world will know you're my disciples. All right. And so again, we've even taken this and gone, okay, how do we plug this into 1 Corinthians six? Okay. That are you telling me in the church? Think about this. Let's say let's go back to Carl and Jessica because they're both troublemakers. Right. And, and we go back to them, And let's say in the world, it's like Jessica's like, no, you're not. You're going to give me that 500 bucks. And Carl's like, no, I'm not, because you can't prove that we ever agreed on it. And this is kind of how the world does at People's court style, you know. But what if the world saw something different? That these are two people they actually do love each other. And Jessica's able to communicate like, man, Carl, this is like really a big deal. Like, this hurts me that you're doing this. And Carl's like, let's say, being stubborn. And we're going, hey, can we sit down with a couple other people? Can we talk through this? And through that conversation, Carl's like, man, you want to know what? You're right. Why am I behaving like this? I I, I honor, I should honor this. All right. Listen, nobody would watch that TV show. Okay. That wouldn't be a courtroom show. Okay. No one would watch that. We're going, that's it. They didn't fight. That's what the world should be saying. You mean they had a conflict and they sat down and it was clearly that they loved one another. And they came to like this solution and this resolution. Wow, that virtually never happens in the world. Right. And so here's the cool thing about conflict, about these legal disputes, is everything cannot be going perfect. And it's still an opportunity for God to be glorified. All right, there's still that opportunity to go, oh man, you want to know what? This right here could really show. And you want to know what? A lot of us in here, you've had that experience where you've dealt with something in a certain way. And people talk to me like, that's crazy. I've never seen it done that way. That, that's amazing. I can't believe that you would, would do this. I remember a number of years ago in family group, that was one of the things is what we started like instituting was this idea of, of you know, let's say you're making a big decision. And just having some time where you sit down with a family group and just kind of throw it out there. And it's just kind of like you have this big old discussion, okay? The world is going, just make your own decision. It's, it's crazy that you would come together and go, guys, can we, like, can you help me get the will of God here? Like, can you help me hear that? All right? That's super scary and super crazy. But again, it's more than just sitting here at church, Okay. Not just a little bit, not just a little bit distinctive, not just a little bit more joyful, not just a little bit more patient, not just a little bit. Okay, here's the higher calling for us right here. And this is where we all just kind of come together singing kumbaya and putting our arms around each other is this idea of we have so much room to grow. Okay. And thank God he has given us his Holy Spirit. And we spend probably way too much time like, like quenching that spirit But all of us can agree that while this is a higher calling for the world to see a community that's not joyful, but radically joyful, not just patient and loving, radically patient and loving, like we're just not getting the minimum, right? We're not just getting the minimum. It's this idea of, no, man, in the church, God is like supplying us with his power to just, so if that's not happening, this is where we got to help each other. All right? I think it goes again. Let's turn over to Matthew chapter six. Going okay. Um, Paul has established the why. Paul's established it over and over and over again. As he said, all I talked about was the crucified Christ. That's all I spoke about. Everywhere I went, I talked about where the guy we're talking about, the king we're proclaiming. He died for us. He rose again. He he put his Holy Spirit inside of us. And he's calling us to lead this radically distinct lifestyle that follows and mimics him. And that's the why over and over and over. Why should I do this? Why should I be part of this community? Why should I be a part of all these things? Why? And then he's like, but here's the deal is, is this is why. Okay, well, well, what does that look like? Well, it's getting in the Word. It's getting in the Word. It's getting together. It's sharing time with one another. All right, it's all of these things, but then there's like this deeper part of, well, how does that happen? Like, how does that happen? Matthew six thirty three. this is Jesus right here, okay? And he's talking about worry, that we all like work together on that, right? You ever worried before? <laughs> Right, of course. I mean, that's just like he's talking about this. He says, "Here's the deal: seek first the kingdom." If me and you were to have a conversation with Jesus, you know, Jesus, I just need help. Seek first my kingdom. Would you? Well, how would you answer that? Man, I am. I go to church each week. No, 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 no. You, you, you don't understand. Seek first my kingdom and my righteousness. Seek that first above everything else. You mean above my own desires? You mean above my own plans? You mean seek first your kingdom, like the fact that you're going to be my king? You mean seek that first? Absolutely. All right. This, this is right up here when, when Paul starts talking and he's talking about legal disputes and this idea of, man, you've already failed. If you're, if you're taking this dispute outside of the church, you've already failed. But how could we have prevented that? Seek first the kingdom. The question is, is, is what I'm about to do good for God's kingdom? That, that's just a great question. That is what I'm about to do. So again, I'm picking on Carl like crazy, but you know, you're, you're with it, man. You're, you're okay. <laughs> but if Carl were to ask himself, is what I'm doing good for the kingdom of God? There's your answer. Is what I'm doing is that good for the kingdom of God? And he actually says, hey, listen, everything you're worrying about, you're going to get it. God knows what you need. OK, that's not prosperity theology. OK, we don't need Corvettes. We don't need all those things. OK, but we, there are things we need that we worry about. And he's like, seek first the kingdom, like abandon those things that you're worrying about, and I'll take care of you. And as we're wrapping this up here, all right, um, here, here's really the crazy thing. There's one way that we actually can live this, and it's us spending time together. And I don't mean on a Sunday morning, and I don't mean on a Wednesday. I mean, like, there has to be, like, listen, home, like, hopscotch, man. Eat a lot of food together. All right? Have, have get get together, have fun. I, you know, sometimes we even narrow that down and it's like, oh man, it has to be a certain way. No, no, listen, you develop relationships like this by being together often. We develop close relationships like this by being together all the time, by praying together, serving together, having time together. And what, Am I saying like, hey, just forget about the world? I'm not saying that. But here's the deal is, is there's one way that we're gonna start giving one another kind of like, the benefit of the doubt and we're able to have hard conversations and we're able to do all that stuff is we're around un- one another a lot of the time. How much of the time during the week are you just not around a-, a disciple? And again, this isn't like, oh, man, I need to go and quit my job. to do It's not what I'm talking about. But this takes work. This really does take work. Nobody in here. Everyone's busy. If there was one practical thing going, well, how could we be like this? And, and here's what I will say. Hey, man, th- this is what I am super, super, super thankful for. Um, man, I'll tell you what. I think we can be commended for this heart for sure. I love it. I love hearing all the different places. People are getting together and, and, and eating and hanging out and going to have fun together and all those kind of things. i going, yes, and let's keep growing, right? This isn't like, oh, man, it's ground zero, this is like, cool, okay, we see it, we understand it, we know it, let's keep it going, let's bring in new people and help them to get it going, right? Is, is these things right here, is this idea of going, oh man, let's just have this, so it's a good thing to go, we can read this, and it's okay to read the Bible, it really is okay and go, I'm doing pretty good in that area, <laughs> it's, it's actually okay to do that, I know sometimes we want to go, it's not real Bible unless it's making me feel super guilty, okay it's not don't lighten the message keith god doesn't love me okay right namby pamby preacher jesus loves me you know yeah yeah it's okay to feel that and to know that right but here's the deal the one practical is this is how often is this happening that you're just getting together and praying together getting together and have food together just getting together hang out together just being with one another okay because this is how these kind of things don't get weird and clunky it's like, hey, let me talk to you about this. I'm having a little bit of a problem here, and I think we need some help. Can we come in and pray together? Can we do that? You know, it's, it's not weird because everyone knows one another. Everyone loves one another, right? So you see this. We, we read it sometimes and go, this is really weird. And to them, they would go, no, this is really great. This is really good because I can look around the room. I can look around at my brothers and sisters and go, okay, yeah, we can do that. We can do that. We can take time together. and We can serve together. and We can pray together. Is that everything? I thought I had like 15 more slides. That's it? That's a disappointment. Goodness. I was just getting warmed up, man. Goodness gracious. Next week, listen, okay, again, maybe you skim through it. You're like, no, 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 legal disputes. I hope, here's the deal. I hope we are able to see below the surface, okay? Now, in the Corinthian church, certainly what they were hearing was, dude, you're suing each other. That's not good. Um, but there's this whole underlying thing that we can hopefully take away from that as well, right? That we're going to be heading things off way before that, which is really, really great. But we're able to learn kind of like what are the roots of a healthy relationship with Jesus and with one another, right? And so we're going to continue going on. I'm just going to encourage you. You know where we're going. Just keep reading ahead. All right. Um, Keep digging into all of that. Um, And that's it. Let's pray. Thanks for joining us. If you'd like to learn more about us or have any questions, please visit ClemsonFoothills.com. You can also text Foothills to nine four zero 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 to stay up to date on everything going on here at CFC.